Hello, listeners. You are back at a new episode of Behind the Switch, our podcast dedicated to making clean energy easier to understand. My name is Sophie Kelly. And my name is Rachel Serrato. As we have gone through the Run GJC microgrid projects in Chelsea, Massachusetts, and Boston's Chinatown, we have heard from different team members about the history of this work and how it relates to environmental justice. Today, we thought we would take some time to bring y'all up to speed on where we are and the work that's happening today in Chinatown. Yay! After six years of work, it would be great to see where the team is now. All right, let's start it off. So, Chinatown Community Land Trust, or CCLT, is one of the main anchor organizations for this Chinatown microgrid. A little run GJC history lesson for you all. This might get a little bit dense, but stick with me. Let's do it. CCLT, in partnership with the other anchor organization, Chinese Progressive Association, Mm -hmm. formed a public benefit corporation called Chinatown Power in October of 2021. Gotcha. Still with me? Gotcha. I'm I'm here. (laughs) Chinatown Power is the entity that will run and operate the microgrid. It has a board of directors and some community members attending regular meetings, which is an awesome start. And once the microgrid is up and running, there will be other ways for the community to get involved. It's, I know we've already talked about it, but seeing that already from the very beginning, the community is already involved. It's, you know, perfect example of community involvement in microgrids. Yes. Um, shortly after Chinatown Power was born, the team helped put together a request for qualifications from contractors interested in doing the actual work, and Consigli answered the call. So that brings us to today. And a little shout out, Chinatown Power officially celebrated their first anniversary last year on October 5th, 2022. Ooh! Yay! Clearly, a lot has been done since that incorporation. Yeah, no doubt, seriously. Right after a huge heat wave that hit Boston last summer, we had a chance to talk with Lydia Lowe, Executive Director of CCLT and President of Chinatown Power, about their progress. She has some really fascinating context around this project as it relates to extreme heat, something that anyone in the Boston area (laughs) is very worried or focused about. Um, And it's just one example of extreme weather related to the climate crisis and one of the threats that Chinatown faces and the general East Coast at large. So we haven't really um, installed anything yet, but we are working on it. And the buildings that are first in line are all... um, subsidized affordable housing buildings um, because that's where um, you know the working class tenants in our community live and that you know that came out through a process of discussion in uh, the Chinatown Community Land Trust the Chinese Progressive Association together with um, focus groups with you know a couple of hundred uh, Chinatown residents talking about so that people could learn about what is a microgrid and and think about you know how that might benefit Chinatown. I will say that that was quite a while ago when we had those focus groups, and so there's still a need for us to go out in the community and talk about this, and um, for people to think about you know is this something that could be brought to my building? And again. I feel like sometimes when we talk about it, it seems so technical and abstract, and we wonder, like, how do we talk to people about this? But because of the heat wave and because of thinking about concretely what that could mean for buildings that might be able to bring heat pumps for efficient heating and cooling into their building as part of the design of the microgrid, it's just such a concrete um, benefit that um, so many people would appreciate. 
We're really still in the, in the design process, so we will see. But I think the main concern is that there's very little space in Chinatown. Um, so because of the density of the neighborhood, you don't, you just don't have as much um, land to put things on. Um, so, for instance, you know, I'm particularly interested in uh, trying to uh, get heat pumps into as many buildings as possible that might be able to use those. And one of the issues with some of these um, very tight row houses is that they don't really have um, much yard and the buildings are literally like sharing walls with each other. Um, but I think where there usually there often is some kind of backyard, um, a little bit of a backyard, um, this, that that might be a place, you know, where um, some equipment could be put. Um, but roofs are also a possibility for, you know, for some of the microgrid equipment that we're lo looking at. How do you feel that environmental justice uh, contributes to the complexity of the design of this particular microgrid and just the complexity of this project in general? I think it, it adds to the difficulty because um, we're not only driven by financial viability, like many projects are, but we're also driven to uh, provide a good to these communities. And so that comes with added complications. In Chinatown, we have conducted walkthroughs of eight um, multifamily low-income housing buildings. Going back to what I was uh, talking about earlier with those added complications, our contractor in Chinatown has uh, essentially uh, produced three designs uh, for each building. And they say, this is the design that'll make you money. This is the design that'll provide resilience to every single tenant in the building. And here's what we think is a compromise. And so the next steps there are to really dig into the financing, uh, see what we can do to attract uh, additional investors, uh, see how we can um, identify more revenue streams, and uh, ultimately make a decision on which design we want to go forward with in each building. When thinking about the next phase of this project, what buildings do you think will be included in that phase? So we're looking at uh, another public school in Chinatown, the Josiah Quincy Elementary School. Um, we've also um, explored uh, some of the hospitals in the area. Um, we're also looking at some uh, elderly housing in the area. Um, so those are kind of the buildings we're looking at for phase two on the Chinatown side of things. A RENGJC member goes to a meeting with a contractor and is given three options. The design that will make money, the design that will give resilience, and the one in the middle. It's kind of like the Goldilocks dilemma of building energy resilience. And money seems to be the main barrier. I want my porridge just right. And I feel <laughs> like, you know, money isn't always just the right thing, like you said with Goldilocks. But when is money not a barrier to making our wildest climate dreams come true? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We could go on and on and on about that. Uh, let's recap, though. We know that Chinatown Power exists. They have been working with a contractor for about a year. And they've identified the buildings they want to work with in the first phase of work and they have come up with a few different design scenarios for each one. Yeah, but it sounds like the design that they end up with will depend in a large part on funding as, you know, kind of how we normally end up, but yes, not always the best part, but that's just how it's gonna be. Yeah. 
let's put a pin in that for now because we have a lot to discuss when it comes to how funding works for projects like these now and what we need to do to make financing more equitable and in line with climate and resilience goals. And sorry to leave all of our listeners on a cliffhanger here, but for now it'd be great to go back and hear from Lydia about what she sees as the future of the Chinatown microgrid. Um, So Chinatown has a very large concentration of housing and affordable housing. So I think that's our, our, our first target is, first and second target are all the affordable housing developments. Um, but I think um, probably the easiest for us and that w- where we're starting is with uh, some of the affordable housing developments, particularly that are um, owned and developed by just a few different uh, community-oriented uh, developers. So we're working with the Asian Community Development Corporation and the Chinese Consolidated Benevolent Association, you know, which own and operate a number of developments already, as well as um, one that's owned by Trinity Financial, which has a lot of affordable housing projects in Boston. But I think in the um, in the next period, we're looking to include the Josiah Quincy School, which is a city-owned building. Um, and, you know, that could be important for, um, you know, resilience measures for the school, um, but it brings kind of additional bureaucratic issues to work out. So that's why we put that in the second phase. And we're also, we're, we are planning to incorporate at least one small row house in the first phase, but in the second phase, we hope to do a lot more of those buildings because I personally feel that that's where um, the microgrid could bring some of the most benefits. What are your hopes for the future of this project? I hope that um, we can get most of Chinatown's housing, particularly the affordable housing, uh, incorporated into the microgrid and that um, it can bring all of the benefits that we envision um, to the community. And the community, I mean, the other thing, I think the other important part of our plan is that the community itself will be involved in making decisions about the microgrid, about which buildings to include next. We are really happy to be involved in this experiment together with the community of Chelsea. Um, we have different designs for what we're, how we're approaching the microgrid, but in some ways we're similar communities that um, uh, can learn from each other and uh, build relationships with each other as part of the experiment. This has been an education. This has been a lot, but it's been amazing. And I love how Lydia has teed up the collaborative benefits to the Run GJC approach. She's kind of left us with a cliffhanger here about Chelsea, you know? Totally. I mean, I'm on the edge of my seat right now. Me too. (laughs) Why don't we go then and see what Chelsea has been up to? I love that idea. But listeners, you're going to have to tune in next time to get that update. But thanks for listening, and we'll see you all next time. See you then.